Welcome to Leadership Reflections, which is a collection of leadership podcasts by me, Barry Dorr. Great to be back, and uh, what I thought I'd do today is um, I've been reflecting on the last week or two on my influences, the things that have shaped over the years my leadership beliefs, my leadership principles, my leadership thinking, and fascinating thinking about them. Obviously, it's involved people I've met from time to time, people I've worked with, but, but particularly today, I wanted to share three books which have had the greatest impact on me in terms of building my belief and understanding of what makes a truly effective leader. And those who know me and have worked with me will not be surprised, I think, by any of the choice of these. Well, first two books, although the third one is a very new one. First was the, uh, a book called The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by a guy called Stephen R. Coffey. This was first published way back in 1989. And I first came across this material in 1999, actually 10 years later. An enlightened senior leader in the hospitality company I work for had invested in a number of Seven Habits Leadership Development programs and asked me to join a cohort. I say an enlightened leader because the leadership style, the mantra back in that organisation was very autocratic, very top-down, very controlling, very commanding control. And um, this guy, at a senior role, was just a bit different, very different. He had a different view of life and leadership. He didn't find it easy to... Um, demonstrate that on a daily basis in the company but he managed to do it to a large extent he had the courage I think to say he's going to do it his way um, and he invested in running a number of seven habits programs and asked me to join the cohort so I have to say I went along with low expectations and I actually left this isn't too strong word I left spellbound it was my first experience of leadership thinking that wasn't based on command and control I learned an enormous amount here's some of the stuff I learned and you'll recognize a lot of this I learned that anyone can be a leader. It's a choice anyone can make. That it's not restricted to those at the top of organisational hierarchies. That um, leadership needs to exist throughout organisations if organisations to be truly effective. I learned crucially that leadership is a whole life activity. Yes, we can lead at work. We can also choose to lead in our lives outside work as well with family and friends and in our communities. I learned the concept of authentic leadership, crucial to my future thinking as was the concept of inside-out leadership. I learned how our beliefs determine how we act and behave and the results we get, and that if we're going to make any meaningful change in our lives or others' lives, we need to address ours or their beliefs. I learned we always have a choice about anything, and it's the choices that we make that determine us. I learned the power of setting goals in all aspects of our lives, the principles of effective time management, I learned how highly effective long-term relationships require mutual respect and mutual benefit. I learned of the power of effective listening. 
out of the need to focus on being the best version of ourselves to sh in Covers language sharpen our saw. There's a lot there. As I say, those who've worked with me, um, those, those who I've had the privilege of working with, will I'm sure recognise a load of that stuff. It really did set the scene for me. A couple of years later, in 2001, uh, just as I was getting ready to set up my own business, I was introduced to a new book, which was uh, called Good to Great by a guy called Jim Collins. This is a thorough evidence-based analysis which explores why some companies achieve breakthrough and become sustainably great, while others in the same market sectors, with just the same opportunities, fail to do so. The six consistent conclusions they reached are equally transferable from the private to the voluntary sector, where I now focus most of my time and effort. So the survey, the work that Jim Collins did was about the, uh, is that the UK private sector? The, sorry, the US the U, sorry, the US private sector. Every single person I've worked with has managed to make the leap to take Jim Collins's conclusions and to move them across into the UK, whether it's in the private sector, the public sector, or the voluntary sector. So the stuff is transferable. Fascinating stuff, though. Um, the book really enhanced my leadership understanding and my leadership understanding and uh, beliefs in the following ways. It built on the seven habits stuff. It reinforced to me that great leaders are authentic, high in humility, and low in ego. I learned that they combine personal humility with deep professional will, deep commitment to deliver. Deep within them is a belief in serving others. Fundamental. I learned about getting the right people on the bus, and that getting the wrong people off also is essential. And doesn't that right people on the bus run and run as a kind of analogy? I learn people give their best when they have absolute clarity. And they grow and blossom when they give them free, as much freedom as possible, but always within a framework. And that creativity, individuals being creative, is crucially important, but only if it's within a culture of discipline, which to me fundamentally explains freedom within a framework. Be creative, but on the right things. And I also learned, finally, that great organisations have a laser-like focus on their purpose. In Covey's, uh, sorry, in Jim Collins' language, he introduced us to something called the hedgehog concept. So I taught Covey's and Collins' principles over the next decade. Um, I also was able to observe so many leaders in action, which led me to publish my own book, Lead Like Mary, in 2014. Now, bear with this. I'm not suggesting for one minute it's one of the most three most influential leadership books I've come across. <laughs> Um, we'll come to the third one in a minute, but the first two were Seven Habits and uh, Good to Great. But in Lead Like Mary, I take Mary, who is a fictional character, but is based on traits exhibited by the best leaders I've worked with. She's an authentic leader. Part of an evolution, I believe, is underway from autocratic to authentic leadership. She deeply believes her first role is to serve others. She strives to be personally effective. She's values-led, and she's both trusting and trustworthy. She gets the right people on the bus, is a visionary who executes, provides absolute clarity, gives freedom and framework, practices joint accountability, and is relentless. I think drawing on the best there of Covey and Collins. So publishing Lead Like Mary enabled me to deliver dozens of corporate and public programmes over the last few years, exploring the principles of authentic leadership and Mary's traits. But I still feel a felt over the last few years. I need to better understand and articulate the gap between autocratic and authentic leadership. 
And this year a new book's been published which provides the answers to me and validates my Lead Like Mary thinking. It's a book called Trust and Inspire and it's written by Stephen M. R. Covey who is no less than the son of the Seven Habits Man. And his argument goes that uh, we're in a, his premise is that we're in a changing world which demands a new kind of leadership. The world around us is undergoing seismic change, particularly the world of work. And the impact of the global pandemic has driven this even faster. And he argues that five emerging forces are sweeping through our world of work. Firstly, it's about technological revolution, which is bringing extraordinary changes. Technological innovation is happening in all areas, impacting every society, industry, organisation and person. And get this, until 1900, experts estimated that the human knowledge doubled every century. Now, experts believe that human knowledge doubles every 12 hours. Ouch. The second... Um, force he saw was uh, the nature that the nature of work has changed that work is now much more collaborative innovative and creative than ever before we need more and more people to work with their heads not their hands people need to work in flexible interdependent teams to create and innovate together also the nature of the workplace has changed working from home or another location has been growing even before the pandemic, but that, that, that said pandemic massively accelerated this trend. People are working virtually in flexible interconnected teams, but increasingly don't have the need for conventional offices. Lots of people now call this hybrid working, time at home, time in the office, time somewhere else. And truly hybrid working is here to stay. The fourth one, the fourth of the five emerging forces is the nature of the workforce has changed. Our workforce is far more diverse than ever before. As the millennials and Generation Z form an increasing proportion of the workforce, they bring with them different expertise, different experiences, perspectives and ideas. They don't want to be micromanaged. They want to be listened to, given freedom, and to know their contribution really matters. They, they want to be working somewhere where they can connect to a really noble purpose. And they're willing to lead. They don't expect to work somewhere for life in any shape and form. They were always willing to leave organisations. Those organisations aren't working for them or they're being led in the wrong way. And finally, the fifth force is the nature of choice has changed. Technology and changes to the workplace have given people far more choice, flexibility and opportunities. It's imperative organisations create the kind of culture that attracts, retains and inspires people. People have more choices of what they do with their lives than ever before. And what Covey goes on to... Uh, emphasize is that this changing world requires a new type of leadership. Command and control is no longer an option in this new world. Leaders need to trust and inspire their people. Command and control and trust and inspire mirrors the autocratic to authentic leadership I explored in Lead Like Mary. And that trust and inspire is a new leadership paradigm. It's about unleashing the potential for greatness people have inside them, lighting fires, creating an environment, a culture where that is possible and welcomed and people want it now. The Trust Inspire leaders move from managing things and people to managing things and leading people. They move from boss to coaching. That was the um, crucial difference for me. 
when I began to think about it and realise a gap that I had before, that in Lead Like Mary, I described Bill. Bill is an autocratic leader, and he undoubtedly is at the extreme end of this autocracy, this command and control um, way of leading. But there are many other leaders who don't uh, have the bullying approach of uh, Bill, but still cannot escape their belief that uh, command and control is the only way to lead. You have to tell people what to do. No, 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 no more. It, it just it can no longer work. I have to say I've got some reservations about the Trust and Inspire as a title. My, my preferred version, version would be Inspire and Enable. Inspire, yes, absolutely, but enable, because it's wider than trusting. Trusting is a critical component of enabling others. But to that we need to add giving clarity, setting a framework, and providing resources and support. So those are the influences that shape my leadership journey. Stephen R. Covey, Jim Collins, and Stephen M. R. Covey, together with my friend Mary, and the thousands of leaders of all shapes and sizes I've had the privilege to encounter and work with over the last 40 years. More and more now, I'm clear on the leadership challenge ahead. Leaders at every level in organisations, in any other aspect of life, need to make the paradigm shift. It's a leap from command and control to inspire and enable. That's it. So, right at the end of command and control, at one end of the continuum, is autocratic leadership demonstrated by Bill. But far more leaders, many, many leaders, still do not understand we have to move away from command and control. It's the way they've always led. It's the way they were brought up. It's the way they, when they were in junior roles, they were managed. I don't see any other way of doing it. But unless they can make that leap, unless more can make that leap, organisations which still rely on command and control will be left behind. If leaders at every level in organisations in any other aspect of life need to make that paradigm shift, if they leap from command and control to inspire and enable, great things will happen. Those that do will unlock greatness in others and deliver amazing results. So that's just some thoughts on um, books that have influenced me and my shaped my beliefs and um, my approach to leadership. This has been a podcast, a leadership podcast, within my collection of leadership podcasts called um, Leadership Reflections. So until next time, thank you for joining me. Bye-bye. Still so many.